Night Wall fans! Welcome to episode 56 of Go Tell to the Wall podcast. Let me get it out of the way right off the top of the show. This is America. Yeah, we're going to get into that a little bit, but not quite yet. So, if you haven't seen it yet, if you haven't watched the video yet, uh, pause the podcast right now. Pause the live feed. Step away from the live feed for three minutes and go check out what I'm talking about. Just, just YouTube. This is America. Oh, man. All right, let's get into it. Episode 56, Go Tell It's Wall Podcast. I am your host, the one and only Sean O'Rourke. And, of course, we kick things off with social plugs. This is how you can stay connected with the podcast and the entirety of Go Tell It's Wall Empire. Empire. I'm going to start using that, like, ridiculously. The Go Tell It's Wall Empire of YouTube and podcasts. <laughs> and I guess live events. We don't really brand live events. Uh, go tell it to all. Anyway, if you want to keep up with us, you can do so at Facebook, facebook.com slash go tell to the wall. We're still on there for now. Also on Twitter at tell the wall pod or at magic Muppet. That's right. If you want to follow my own personal Twitter account, that's the one you want to do. Or if you just want to follow the show at tell the wall pod. So at tell the wall pod at magic Muppet, follow those, follow them. You'll get all kinds of tidbits of common sense throughout the week. Uh, and, of course, head on over to our YouTube channel. Just search Go Tell It to the Wall. You don't need podcasts for that one. Just search Go Tell It to the Wall. Uh, you're going to see our channel. Subscribe. Watch some videos. Do the things. Enjoy. Like. We're getting some, we're getting some dislikes on the YouTube channel, which actually normally you would think, like, I don't want to get dislikes and stuff. But it's funny because the stuff I'm getting dislikes on, I know it's just hateful, bigoted people. Because I could tell, if someone went in and disliked a video I did about, like, Toys R Us closing, it's like, oh, you just really don't like me. But when they dislike videos where I'm talking about national school walkouts, like, cool, I just I just know you're a hateful person. <laughs> like, obviously, you know, because it's not like, you're most likely not disliking me. You're disliking the fact that that uh, the youth are taking, taking control of things in this country, and it's going to be great uh, for many of us. Uh, additionally, with all those things, inclusive of all those things, is SeanO'RourkeLive.com. Been doing some website updates. We've got a fancy new little logo that's still in, in the in the works, uh, but we have our first iteration of the logo. I mentioned we have those limited edition stickers that uh, have been getting out into the world. Not quickly enough, but only not quickly enough because I'm kind of protecting them. I'm like, no, 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 no. Be a patron. Then you can get, you know, all that kind of stuff. So new stuff on the website. Check that out. SeanO'RourkeLive.com. And, of course, subscribe, like, share, iTunes, Google Play, any of your favorite pod. I just I found another one today. I don't even know what the heck it was. I can't remember now. Player FM, that's another one. And, of course, Spotify. We are all over Spotify. Uh, so, so add us to your lists on there. We got some more Spotify news coming up later in the show. Uh, and, of course, always, as always, shout out to Podomatic. That's right, Podomatic, where we host the podcast. Those guys are great over there, uh, guys and gals. I, you know, I just guys I use as a general term. I don't mean that in a sexist way, uh, but Podomatic as well. So, like, share, subscribe, do all of the things. Absolutely. Um, all right, beer this week. Beer this week. Actually, just shot a beer review for the beer this week, but let's get into it for the actual podcast. Uh, I've got an interesting one for this episode, episode 56. It's a tasty little, 
See, I'm already losing my words. Where is Bridget to keep me in line? We might be going off the rails. I'm a little content light tonight. Content light tonight. Yeah, I keep rhyming and it's just, come on. Anyway, we're a little content light, so we're probably going to be off the rails a bit for this episode, but it's okay. It's okay uh, because next week is going to be ridiculously content heavy, and I'll get into why in just a moment. But anyway, back to the beer this week. Uh, it's a tasty little IPA from Boulder Beer Company. Boulder Beer Company, if you can't figure out where that one's from, that would be from Boulder, Colorado. I don't know where Boulder is in relation to Denver. It's in Colorado. I know it's in Colorado. Uh, but it's from Boulder, Colorado. And interestingly, with this Boulder Beer Company, they are actually the oldest and first microbrewery in Colorado. They've been there since 1979. Uh, actually received the 43rd official beer brewing license from the United States uh, in 1979 and have just been expanding since then. And interestingly enough, if you're in Los Angeles, I always I get these beers on the beer subscription that I get, and a lot of them are really rare. You know, like last week I had one, uh, Newport Storm Brewing. <laughs> it's like if you're on the West Coast, it's going to be hard to find that one. Rhode Island beer. Uh, and it could be because Colorado is much closer than like a, a Rhode Island or some of the other ones that we've had on here. But I did actually find this one at a local establishment here. Local, be like literally two blocks from my house. And I was over there perusing the brews. And they had some Boulder Beer Company. Uh, so you might be able to find this one if you're in California. If you're in Boulder, of course, check them out. The The other interesting thing, I want one more thing. If you want to learn more about the beer, check out the beer review. That should be going up probably next week on the YouTube channel uh, once I get through all the other stuff. Uh, but I will say, if you're in the Boulder area... I would highly recommend checking out their brewery and their tasting room, and I'll tell you why. They actually do some barrel aging of their beers. I've talked about barrel aging before on the podcast. We've talked about it on beer reviews and go tell it's a brewery, all that good stuff. And this is a fantastic, interesting way to experience uh, great beers would be through the barrel aging process. So if, if, you can, if you can find a brewery that does that or if you're in Boulder, uh, check out. Boulder Beer Company, get your hands on some some barrel-aged beer that they often have, and really you can only find it if you go into like the tasting room there because they're not shipping out barrel-aged beer. It's it's very limited run and all that good stuff. So if you're a beer drinker and you haven't had barrel-aged beer, uh, I'm not going to sit here and say that you're going to love it, but it's something you need to experience if you're an avid beer drinker or somewhat avid regular beer drinker. It's something you got to experience. So check out Boulder Beer Company. I'm thoroughly enjoying the Moho IPA. It's very similar to a West Coast IPA. You can see that. Uh, not the most interesting bottle art. but And on top of that, the labels. Like I feel like we've hit a point where if you've been around since 1979, uh, either just get some better labels you know? <laughs> like or just get printed directly on the bottle. Because I pulled this one out and it's hard. like the label's already coming off. Of course, that doesn't affect the taste of the beer. The beer is still very tasty, and I would recommend a Boulder Beer uh, Moho IPA to anyone who is a, uh, especially if you're a West Coast IPA fan. You know what I'm gonna do? Actually, let me get into this. But I just I need to uh, make a little note here. I've got my show stuff a little bit out of order, um, and I just I want to get it in the right place because I'm I'm gonna tease it at the top of the show again, and then we're gonna get into it in music. But before we get to that, uh, I want to tease everyone, everyone. Oh my gosh, I want to tease this so big because we're gonna go crazy with it next week, and that would be Craft Beer Week, which is happening next week. Next week it starts uh, really around the country. It's Craft Beer Week, and it's this American, you know, the Brewers Association. Uh, puts this together, and it's essentially just a celebration of American craft beer. American craft beer. So what we're going to do at Go Tell to the Wall 
is we're going to be heading out to multiple craft beer locations around the Los Angeles area, and we're going to either do some broadcasts or at the very least do some beer reviews and some interstitials shot at all those places uh, to be able to share those breweries with you and really celebrate craft beer week. Uh, and I might share sh- share some share some of the locations that we'll be hitting with dates and times um, on the Facebook page. If you're interested, you can come over and run into me and maybe pick up a sticker and run into some of the other common sensors and the patrons that'll be hanging out uh, for Craft Beer Week as we have some fun with Go Tell to the Wall and Go Tell to the Brewery and all that good stuff. Um, All right, one more thing on the opening. I got just one more little thing here I want to tease. I mentioned top of the show, This is America. This is America. It's a new little music video that came out from Childish Gambino. If you're not familiar with Childish Gambino, that would be, I don't want to say alter ego. That's Donald Glover's, for lack of a better word, alter ego. But that's the name that he performs his, his music under. He's, he's an actor as Donald Glover, and he performs as Childish Gambino. So it's not, it's not like an alter ego. It's just he, he performs under a different pseudonym when it comes to his music. Uh, I'm going to get into some breakdown on that video. So if you're listening to the podcast, you haven't seen the video yet or heard the song, definitely see the video. But even if you if you haven't even heard the song, um, go do it now. Pause the podcast. Step away from the live feed if you haven't seen it yet because uh, we're going to get into it. I'm going to give a little breakdown. And I know there's been all kinds of breakdowns floating around here, uh, but I've watched it a few times, and there's a couple couple points that I think people are missing. A couple of journalists have missed a couple of different things uh, as well as I believe have been wrong on a particular thing that was going on in, in the video as well. So we're going to get into that when we get into some music. Uh, so if you have, like I said, if you haven't seen it, watch the damn video, pause the podcast, step away from the live feed for a few minutes. You, all you're going to miss is social stuff anyway, uh, so you can have a better understanding when we get into a little bit of breakdown of, as I throw my pen around the... Studio here, uh, we'll get in a little breakdown of This is America and Childish Gambino. All right. We got some social. We got some social, social, not social awareness, social media. Uh, Anyway, as usual, I like to find some funny hashtags, some funny stuff going around social media and either make fun of it or point it out to you so you can also enjoy the hilarity. We haven't been making fun of a lot of them lately. What's going on there? Bridget, find me some some social media uh, trends that I can make fun of. You know, there's not enough invisible boxes and, and uh, planking. Planking. Remember when planking was a big thing? Like, yeah. yeah, there's not enough of that going on lately. Maybe I'm just missing it. I think my Twitter might filter it out. They're like, no, no, you don't want this. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, anyway, the first hashtag that I found this week that I thought was very, very amusing. And I, th- I this one's like next level amusing. I use next level too much. It's not next level amusing. It's 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 more than very amusing. More than very. New Go Tells the Wall podcast term. More than very amusing. And that would be hashtag celebrities. This isn't celebrities. This is celebrities. If you can figure that one out. This would be celebrity names uh, changed to, to be bread themed we all love bread there's bread and so many different things and you know you love bread so this would be hashtag celebrities and Sam Hardy. uh so i'm gonna give you a couple of top line ones but go ahead and search this one on twitter or your favorite social platform whatever wherever you look at hashtags uh first one i found would be condoleezza slice hashtag celebrities like slice of pizza feel why I always do that on this sh- I do that on the episodes and I explain jokes that don't need to be explained figure that one out I don't know why I'm explaining it uh, but there was another 
There's a couple good ones. Uh, Clint Yeastwood, hashtag celebrities. Uh, Wheatney Houston, hashtag celebrities. Uh, and one of my favorite yet would be, because it's so simple, but it's just right in front of you, would be Bread Savage. Hashtag celebrities. <laughs> Bread Savage. Oh, I was talking to my wife about uh, The Wizard recently. She she and she couldn't rem- she didn't remember that Fred Savage was in that movie. It was like that <laughs> Fred Savage was like the king of of teenage actors at the time, and of course he was in that that damn movie, The Wizard. If you haven't seen The Wizard, go check it out. It's I don't think it's really a great movie. I don't. I, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but I don't think it's a great one. Uh, but it's probably one of those ones that you just have to see to kind of understand the trends of the late '80s and early '90s. It was early '90s movie. I can't remember, but check that out, The Wizard. You know. Tangented. We got a little tangented here. All right, moving on to the next hashtag that I found. This one I didn't find as amusing. I found it amusing, but not so much just funny hilariousness that is hashtag celebrities. Uh, and this would be hashtag it still amazes me. So hashtag it still amazes me. Uh, so think about that one. Uh, and there's some funny ones on here because, of course, <laughs> of course, people went the grammar route. Uh, so hashtag it still amazes me that. People don't know the difference between your and your, and of course this is your and you are, you know, and there's, of course, nobody, nobody, nobody does those correct, and I'm, I'm not very grammar policey about that myself, but I know people just, just hate it. Uh, another one, and then here's where it does get funny, uh, oh my gosh, where's that one? <laughs> it still amazes me, hashtag it still amazes me that iPhone chargers aren't called apple juice. I mean, that's kind of brilliant. Apple juice, you get it? There, I started to explain a joke again. Come on, I can't do that. Uh, but then, of course, it gets very, very, very political. And I want to give you a quote here because I know, unless you're a new listener to the show, the majority of our Orange Menace supporters have really just jumped off the boat because, you know, they realized that common sense doesn't jive with their support of that particular person. Uh, but, of course, people got all political with this, which I understand. But here, just to, to give you an example... Especially if you're in California, like we kind of live in, and I don't want to call it a full bubble, but a bit of a bubble where you don't, it's like, well, I, all everyone around here is, you know, is very progressive and everything else, but no, no, there's still a lot of people out there. And that would be, uh, I'm not even going to give the guy's name uh, and it's clearly trolling, uh, but someone uh, posted, this country is so incredibly, for-, and this is, I quote from Twitter, this country is so incredibly fortunate Hashtag, it still amazes me that we survived the last administration and God sent us a champion. This was inclu- This included a photo of the Orange Menace and his wife standing in front of the Abraham Lincoln statue there in Washington, D.C. So this is kind of the stuff that's still going on around the world. Uh, but, of course, I'm not going to leave it with that. So let's get progressive here. Wall fans, common censors, and that would be hashtag. It still amazes me. And this is quote from Twitter that people still like Trump, that people think he's doing great, that people are blatantly racist and proud, that everything the GOP is doing is apparently socially acceptable. (laughs) And then this person says, I had to go to Twitter to find others to resist with. I have a feeling she might live in. No offense, Texas, no hate mail or anything. I'm feeling she might live somewhere like Texas or Alabama. Don't start sending me stuff. Like, what's wrong with Texas? I get these fucking emails. They're like, okay, it's, come on. And how many people in Texas are talking shit about the state that I live in? 
You know what they call this state outside of where, of where we live? They call it the land of fruit and nuts and not because it's a plentiful farming state. Yeah, so uh, this person probably lives in Texas and has to find has trouble finding someone that they can resist with. But it's all right. Listen and go tell us the wall podcast because we have no patience for the Orange Menace. Just zero, zero patience for the Orange Menace, and hopefully he's going to be the hell out of there very, very, very soon. All right, so one more hashtag I want to leave you with because I'm just I'm not going to leave you with ridiculous politicalness. Uh, and, and this one I can't even really fully share with you because there's a lot of photos that go with this one. But this one I highly recommend uh, that you go through and peruse your favorite social platform and search for hashtag rebrand a species. Rebrand a species, and this is exactly what you think it might be. And this is people renaming things. And there's actually a zoo uh, and I think this might be a zoo in, in England. Can't tell where the zoo's from, but they got in on the action and started posting, you know, funny little memes. And this is basically renaming animals to funny, funny terms, you know. Uh, so the first one I came across was actually a sea otter. And hashtag rebrand a, a species, they said furry pool noodle. That's a hash, it's a, it's a, a sea otter. Uh, so hashtag rebrand a species. And of course, there's, you know, a, like a gopher or a groundhog sitting here. Bar uh, barking fuzz potato. It's going to be a groundhog. I don't think, uh, I don't think gophers, uh, gophers bark, do they? I don't think the groundhog, I don't know. I didn't pay enough attention in biology class. Can't even remember who the heck my biology teacher was. And obviously I went to film school, so <laughs> there was no science in my college. No science in my college career. Tiny, tiny bit of math, because that's the only way they can give you a bachelor's degree. You have to. No, actually, there was science, uh, but one of the science classes I took was science and science fiction, of course. And then I took, uh, I don't know, something else. What tangented? Anyway, l the last thing I want to leave you with here is, of course, on the hashtag rebrand a species note would be the ouch potato. Ouch potato, which would be, of course, a, uh, a porcupine. Porcupine. So, I'm, I don't know. I th for some reason, those were a little funnier to me earlier. Uh, yeah, which is weird because I've had a, I, you know, I've been drinking my podcast beer. So, you think they'd get funnier. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe the toddler effect. I, I had my, my, my almost 18-month-old. Oh, my gosh. 18 months tomorrow. And my 18-month-old around, uh, and on top of that, I'm dog-sitting. Oh, my God. Dog-sitting. We're dog-sitting for my, my brother-in-law, my wife's brother, uh, which has been fun. It's just I haven't had, we haven't had a dog in the house for over a year, and it's like having a second kid. Not quite as ridiculous as having a child. I'm not like, but it's like having a second kid at times because dogs run around, and it's like, which is fine. I'm thoroughly enjoying it, but like there was just there's been a lot going on in my house the past couple of days, uh, and maybe that's why I thought uh, rebranda re species was a little funnier than it actually was. That's okay though. I'm easily amused at times, and I like to share that with all of you wall fans and common sensors. All right, let's get a little TV film books. Yep. I got some good stuff this week. I got some good stuff this week because you know what. I had a chance. My wife and I sat down, actually, while my daughter was napping, and watched the first two episodes of Cobra Kai. That's right, the Karate Kid sequel is floating around on YouTube. You actually you have to have a YouTube Red subscription to watch it, but you can watch the first two episodes uh, for free without having the subscription, so head on over to YouTube, check it out. And I thoroughly enjoyed it, but the one important thing I came away from after watching it was... 
Like, I, I don't know that, like, a 16-year-old is going to enjoy Cobra Kai. I don't. Because it's really, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but it's really just riddled with nostalgia. Like, what makes it great is the nostalgia. Because you're like, oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Like, for example, uh, the, and I'm not going to give away how it starts, but it starts out with one of the main characters, like, waking up, and he's coming out of his apartment. And I was like, oh, my God, that's Rosita. Like, this is fantastic, which is where uh, uh, Daniel... LaRusso, I almost said Caruso, LaRusso uh, lived in, in uh, the first Karate Kid film. So I found that interesting. But again, I think it, you need to have a little bit of, of nostalgia to really enjoy this. And I'll be curious if any Wall fans uh, have someone that, that wasn't like an 80s kid or you know earlier that saw Karate Kid and grew up with the, with the, uh, the hysteria that was Ralph Macchio uh, you know, and everything else. I'd be curious if, if, if it's amusing to them uh, just because I think it's really just nostalgia-driven. Uh, and the other thing is I don't know that YouTube Red, and I love feedback from some of the wall fans out there, if YouTube Red is really worth the subscription cost. It's it's not cheap. I believe it costs even more than Hulu. And I don't know that it's worth the subscription cost. What I'm going to be doing to watch the rest of the episodes is you can get a month free of YouTube Red free trial. Uh, so, of course, that's, that's how I'm going to watch the entirety of this first season. Uh, and then on top of that, it is doing well. You know, so I could be totally wrong on the nostalgia aspect of it, because uh, it's doing well, uh, well enough that they renewed it for a second season. They're getting a second season of Cobra Kai, which is the Karate Kid sequel, floating around YouTube Red there. So, so check it out. If you're an '80s kid, uh, really '80s or earlier, I think you're gonna enjoy it because you'll be familiar with with the the madness that was Karate Kid and and not being able to escape it. I am waiting for, I, I mean, here's a little bit of a spoiler because she doesn't show up in the first two episodes. I'm, I'm really hoping Elizabeth Shue shows up at some point. I mean, she has to, right? Like, they they, they had to call her agent and be like, how much? Here's a check. We just one episode, Elizabeth Shue, and uh, it, it's got to happen. It's got to happen. So on, only half of our fans like appreciate They're like, who, what? Yeah, look her up. She's real popular. Real popular in the 80s. And freaking everything in the 80s. Oh, my gosh. Adventures of Babysitting. Ugh. It's the original uh, Jennifer. <laughs> like two people got that reference. The original Jennifer. Yeah. The first of that trilogy. I'm not even going to give away what trilogy I'm talking about. From the first of that trilogy, she's, she's the original Jennifer. And just got so popular that uh, certain film couldn't uh, couldn't keep her around. Uh, all right, moving on with some TV film books. we got some more TV here. And actually some news from uh, the Arrested Development front. So Arrested Development, they're gearing up for Season 5, and everyone's freaking out about it. And uh, I'm a bit of an Arrested Development fan myself, but I never really got, like, super into it. Uh, I, I watched it all. My, my wife convinced me to watch it. I watched it a little bit, like, when it first came out, and then my wife convinced me to, to catch up on it and watch all of it before that fourth season was aired, the, the new season that they did after it had been canceled and blah, blah, blah. Uh, well, what's happening now, because they're gearing up for Season 5, and uh, one of the previous producers or directors actually recut season four, recut season four, and it's available right now on Netflix. You can go watch it. Recut the 15 episodes into uh, 22 episodes, which is basically traditionally uh, the length of an entire season for a sitcom. 22 episodes recut it into that, and it's on Netflix, and it's, it's obviously because... I don't want to get into too much detail, but if you're familiar with season four, basically each episode follows an individual character and stuff's happening around them and everything else. So he cut it chronologically, essentially. And I've watched a little bit of it. It's it's enjoyable, uh, you know, especially if you're a uh, Arrested Development fan. The thing that that's coming out because of that is some pay disputes. 
pay disputes. So here's the thing. If you're not familiar with the TV industry, you know, all these actors, they get paid when they act. And then they get paid when the show airs. And then, in fact, if a show goes into syndication, they get paid for each of those airings of that show. That's why I always see that joke, you know, somebody that was a, was a smaller character actor and they're getting a bunch of checks for, you know, 15 cents. Because the episode aired. 15 cents, you know. I'm exaggerating. But these little small checks, because they still got to get paid. Now what's happening is because this was recut and it's being aired as a separate, like, separate season, it's still season four, a lot of the actors are like, whoa, 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 whoa. You just recut all that footage, extended it to 22 episodes, and none of the actors are making any additional money off of that. Uh, so this is going to be interesting to follow. We'll see what happens. It's it's just now coming out uh, that, that the actors haven't been getting paid for this. Uh, but But we'll see, because you can't do that. You can't do that. People need to be paid. You can't just, you know, take footage. And, of course, unless it's free, someone could theoretically go over to the Go Tell Us Wall YouTube channel and start putting beer reviews on television shows. Actually, I don't know if they could. Can you? That's a good question for YouTube. Maybe I should understand YouTube more since uh, a lot of our business goes through YouTube. Hmm. I don't know. Just ignorance is bliss, I guess. Uh, anyway. All right. Moving on. Oh, moving on. Sad news today. Sad news today for me and any of you out there that might have been a fan. Fox brought down the axe today, as they usually do in the spring every year, where Fox cancels all the greatest shows and keeps the terrible shows around for like 12 seasons. And the show that they cut today, actually just today, I think this news just broke today, this week nonetheless, is Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Just got cut, not renewed, canceled, no next season for Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And this one killed me, killed me. There's not a lot of shows out there that I watch, you know. I mean, there's the obvious ones. I watch Mr. Robot and every, you know, and I've, I've really gotten into a couple other shows uh, lately that I just absolutely love. But uh, sitcom-wise, you know, there's only a few, few that I watch, and uh, and that's one of them, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And I, thir- I very much laugh out loud. Uh, throughout the almost the entirety of most of those episodes, I'm pretty much just laughing out loud, and it got canceled. So I'm holding out hope because, and there there's like a backlash right now. Like the uh, hashtag B99 is, is floating around Twitter right now because people want to save Brooklyn Nine Nine, and in fact, it's got some star power behind it. Lin Manuel Miranda, uh, the creator of the great musical Hamilton actually tweeted out his support of Brooklyn Nine-Nine saying, bring it back. So we'll see. Fox loves to cancel shows that are fantastic and and have a big following. So I have a feeling this one will head on over to, like, Netflix or Hulu or something. Uh, And, gosh, it's such a fantastic cast. And just, like, the I I was thinking about the last episode I watched, last week's episode, and it's it's fantastic. It's it's comedy gold, as as far as I'm concerned. You could disagree with me, uh, but I, I... thoroughly enjoy it uh and of course i'm a little biased i have a friend that works on it i was like god damn it now my friend's out of a job on top of everything else and of course it's just that's them them's the skids you know that's how it works i guess tough industry to be in tough industry that's why i went to film school and (laughs) went into marketing instead of production because jesus christ it is rough ah all right well ryan reynolds oh oh god Ryan Reynolds back at it again. You know, kind of, I was telling my wife this the other day. Like, I'm kind of excited to see Infinity War. But, like, I just want to see Infinity War, uh, the new Avengers film, just to, to see what happens. Like, if someone could give me, like, the Cliff's Notes version of it that was just, like, 20 minutes long and it's like, here's here's all the cool stuff and, and now you're caught up, I'd be like, all right, cool. Uh, you know, I don't need two and a half hours of this. However, Deadpool, 
I want as much of that as I can possibly get. Deadpool 2 coming into theaters uh, May 18th, last, the last day of craft beer week. Uh, you know, So enjoy your craft beers on that last day and then head on over to see Deadpool at your local movie theater. But of course, Ryan Reynolds is at it again, at it again, uh, trolling, trolling Avengers Infinity War. And I'm not going to read the entire thing, uh, but basically, and we talked about this. I talked about it on the podcast because I thought it was great. The directors of Avengers Infinity War had put out a whole meme and letters that went out to theaters that, you know, that were, was from them. Uh, and it was it was a really well thought out letter about spoilers and not giving out spoilers and ruining the film uh, for for everyone else, you know, which was fantastic. But of course, Deadpool and in a very tongue in cheek, fun way, uh, trolled them on that and wrote from Deadpool. This is like Deadpool writing the letter, wrote his own letter to prevent spoilers for Deadpool 2. And uh, it's basically just paraphrasing their letter, uh, but in a very funny way. And uh, <laughs> I will give you this line uh, from the letter, and this is, I quote from the letter, uh, only a handful of people know the film's true plot. One of them is not Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Obviously, Ryan Reynolds was a co-writer on the film. Uh, and I love this because it's, it, it's signed Godspeed, and it just has a red X, like from Deadpool. Uh, but the the uh, the Infinity War letter had hashtag Thanos demands your silence, and so of course <laughs> I can't even. I apologize, Wall fans. So of course, this is Ryan Reynolds. Like this is Ryan Reynolds to a T. Of course, it is at the end of the letter is hashtag Wade Wilson demands your sister sorry stupid autocorrect silence. <laughs> One more time, hashtag Wade Wilson demands your sister sorry stupid autocorrect silence. Yes. And this is why Deadpool is absolutely my favorite Marvel movie created to date. I, I, I'm 100% positive that Infinity War is not going to surpass it. It's just not. I'm going to love Infinity War, I'm sure. It's, it's just not going to surpass it because of stuff like this. So tongue-in-cheek and, and really taking it to a next level. And i got to be honest, I watched, and here's a little tangent for a second. I watched Thor uh, last weekend, finally. Was it last weekend? I finally got around to watching Thor Rag, Ragnarok or whatever that thing is. Uh, it's, it, I would say about a third of it is, is super awesome. A third of it is watchable and a third of it is extremely boring. And that's just, it's just my opinion. But I've noticed something with these superhero films, like with Captain America Civil War. And like once Deadpool came out, like all of those Disney Marvel films changed, not changed, change is not the right word. Uh, but they started adding in these jabs and really building on the characters that are these Marvel characters, the way that. They did with Deadpool and having more comedy included in it as opposed to just like heartfelt stuff. And it's interesting how that happened. Now, of course, there's two sides to every story. So, of course, the directors of <laughs> Avengers Infinity War clapped back, clapped back. Is that what the kids say these days? Clapped back. Like clap. I don't know. I just can't get some of these things. I can't get behind clap backs. He's clapping. some. I don't know. Clapped back. I think that's a term. Uh, Bridget or Chris, help me out with it. I think it's a term the kids use these days. Clapped back on Twitter. Simply with a picture. Uh, and good on them, too, because they're all having fun with it. And all of this is in good fun to create marketing for both of their films, really. Uh, they <laughs> responded by tweeting a picture of the Infinity Gauntlet. That's that weird glove that the little gems go in. You should all be familiar with it from commercials and stuff, even if you haven't seen the movie. That's that little gold glove. Uh, and they clap back with the image of that simply flipping the bird. <laughs> To Ryan Reynolds. Yes. Yes. I love the world that we live in. And the thing is, I get so upset. Not upset. 
I get irritated with social media almost on a daily basis. But I love the world that we live in where this kind of marketing happens. This kind of marketing happens, and, and we're able to just enjoy this outside of the films themselves and outside of movie posters and commercials and everything else. We get to see uh, the these filmmakers interacting and having fun with it. You know, you know, you know, the directors of Avengers weren't like really mad. They were just like, "This is perfect. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna respond in a very Deadpool way, very Deadpool way." And and they did a good job of it. They did a great job of it. All right, let's get us some music. Oh, 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 oh. I want to get through this other music, and then uh, we're gonna get into a little bit of what is Childish Gambino. So I hope you went and watched that music video. Hope you did. All right, music news. So we got a little music news from R. Kelly. If you need a little little uh, ignition, mm, nobody got that joke. I only I only understand that because I was DJing. When that was popular. But R. Kelly uh, has been removed, not fully removed, but somewhat removed from Spotify. Uh, And it's essentially, and I'll give you a quote from Spotify. Because of all the the stuff that's been happening with R. Kelly, really for years. Like, I don't understand why this guy's still in the news because it's been happening for years. Uh, And here is a quote from Spotify. Uh, And I quote, We are removing R. Kelly's music from all Spotify-owned and operated playlists and algorithmic recommendations such as Discovery Weekly. And this is what Spotify told Billboard in a statement. So R. Kelly will will theoretically still be available on Spotify. They've said they don't completely remove artists. So if you go and you really dig, you're going to find R. Kelly on there. However, they're not going to be recommending him. They're not going to be putting him in any of their owned and operated playlists or or any of that kind of stuff. Uh, So it's interesting. It's interesting that we're we're seeing a lot of this. And uh, I've said, you know, I mean, I've said it before. This is their standards and stuff, uh, and I've said it before. I don't think R. Kelly is a good person by any any me- any means. I don't care about that trapped in the closet shit that people were all in two years. Come on, come on. Like he's he's not even relevant. Uh, however, w- this is a slippery slope, very slippery slope, uh, and I would hope that Chris Brown music starts getting removed as well, as well as some other artists that I don't want to get into. I mean, hope to God that that. Kanye Kardashian is removed, uh, but there's some others too, including an artist that I am a big fan of. But when you when you get the slippery slope, you got to think about what's going on here and your standards. You got to it's got to be across the board. It's got to apply to everyone, and uh, well, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Spotify here on that one. Um, all right, so Blink, oh Blink 182, God. Mark Hoppus, he's always trying, like, always stirring up stuff on the social media. Not in, like, a troll way, but just, like, he's got too much time on his hands. Uh, they need to book some more concerts, I think, so that he can stay the hell off of Twitter. Uh, but anyway, like a week ago, I don't even think it was a week ago, I happened to follow him on Twitter, and I saw this. So I'm going I'm to backtrack on it in just a sec. Uh, but he posted a tweet saying that uh, the the new album, it's very early on, uh, but the he said the new album sounds like it picks up where Take Off Your Pants and Jacket left off. Take Off Your Pants and Jacket was in was a Blink album. I believe it came out in two thousand two, maybe three, two or three, maybe one. Nah, it was like two. I think Blink album. I own it. I just can't keep track of all the damn years. I I know ninety four Cheshire Cat, ninety nine Enema of the State because those are milestones. You know, Take Off Your Pants and Jacket was just kind of okay. We're, we're gonna put this album out type thing. 
but it was it was old school, like closer to old school Blink, closer to Cheshire Cat Blink, not the self-titled stuff, not that uh, neighborhoods stuff that was obviously very very heavy Tom influenced. Uh, and he said, so so everyone's getting a little excited. We could be seeing some kind of old school Blink coming out, which I look forward to. I really enjoy their new music too. It's just it'll be nice to to get back to the kind of crappy punk rock that they used to be. Um, but the interesting thing, because I happen to click on the tweet and I'm looking at responses. And this is what kills me about kids these days. God, just kids these days. This is what kills me. Someone comments on it, and they're like, "Can you stop making? Uh, can you stop making Blink music without Tom? It's not Blink 182 without Tom. Blink 182 is Tom, Mark, and Travis. Now, if you're a Blink 182, a true Blink 182 fan like myself, think about that one for a second. This is, and I quote from Twitter: "The real Blink 182 is." Tom, Mark, and Travis. Now, I was pleasantly surprised to see someone respond and say, uh, do you don't even know what you're talking about because the original Blink-182 is Tom, Mark, and Scott. The original drummer was named Scott. They actually did three albums with Scott, not Travis. Travis didn't join the band until Enema of the State, which would be 1999, five years after their, their breakout album, Cheshire Cat, came out. They also have been a band since 1992. Technically, it's just most people didn't hear about them until 1994 because they couldn't pay people to go to their concerts. And then 1999 hits and everybody's got to go see their damn concerts. It's ridiculous. Uh, that was the other one, too. And I was just I was like, really, really? Like, don't talk when you don't know. Don't talk when you don't know. And there's another one. Uh, gosh, like a year ago, they were playing a show and I'm watching a live like a live feed that Blink had posted like of them playing. And I can't I can't remember what it was. And uh, and someone commented like. Yeah, and some, like, again, people getting into it, and someone's like, oh, man, I'm a Blink fan. They're like, you're not a Blink fan. I've been a Blink fan since 19, or 2003. <laughs> I'm like, 2003, huh? Oh, so, like, five albums in. Okay. You're really late to the game there. But kids these days, that's what they think. Like, no, 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 no. Blink-182 was broken on 91X in San Diego by Chris Muckley who's actually an alumni of the same elementary and middle school that I went to. Fun fact. Fun go-tell-to-the-wall fact there. Uh, 1994, that was played on 91X in San Diego. Eminem's was the song, and then they blew up from there. And even after that came out, they could not, could not get many people to go to their shows. I saw them play shows to a lot of empty rooms. A lot of empty rooms in my youth. Uh, again, until Enema of the State hit. Really until, I think it was until, like, Can't Hardly Wait that movie came out, and then Damn It was a, was a big song. Still with Scott. That's Scott. And Damn It was a big song that came out. And then, of course, like I said, 1999, Enema of the State, and they just went crazy, What's My Age Again, and all that other good stuff. Oh, so it's going to be interesting to, f- to follow uh, w- what happens. New album coming out. We don't know when it's coming out or anything else, uh, but it will be coming out. They're currently in the studio working on that, and I'm sure Mark will constantly tweet ridiculous things about it because that's what he does in his old age is he just tweets things, you know, like pictures of his nights. I don't Got too much time on his hands. Stay in the studio, Mark. Give us some damn music. Um, all right. Uh, two more things. On, well, one more thing. And I'm going to get into the serious thing on music. Uh, so Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre from NWA and the Eminem fame and really, I mean, his own personal fame and just listing off things that he that he's into. And, you know, he started NWA and really uh, launched Eminem, among others. Uh, Dr. Dre lost a lawsuit in, uh, I believe the lawsuit was happening in uh, in Pennsylvania. That's where this this doctor is is based, uh, and he had brought up a lawsuit against a gynecologist in Pennsylvania uh, named Dr. Dre, 
Dr. Dre. Now, this is a shortening of his name and uh, his, uh, I'm not seeing his, uh, Dr. Dreon, but it, his, his name is spelled D-R-A-I-O-N. And so he goes by Dr. Dre, D-R-A-I, not D-R-E. So <laughs> Dr. Dre, the producer and music maker, music maker, <laughs> musician, music maker, musician, tomato, tomato, no, the musician uh, actually sued him for, for for copyright infringement or whatever else, and and the way this works is 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 when it's creating confusion in the marketplace, you can usually win these lawsuits. So if another musician came out and started calling himself Dr. Dre or herself Dr. Dre, then Dr. Dre is going to win that lawsuit. However, a gynecologist in Pennsylvania who is a gynecologist, an actual doctor. Not a fake doctor, just making his name doctor, which, that, like, that's what blew my mind to begin with. It's like, dude, you ain't even a doctor. Calm the hell down. Like, calm down. That dude's actually a doctor. He can actually call himself a doctor because he is one. You call yourself a doctor because you thought it was a cool name. So, anyway, he ends up losing this lawsuit because the judge said, there's not really any confusion in the marketplace. You're a musician and producer. This is a gynecologist. There's no actual like crossover here. There's no crossover there. So of course he lost the lawsuit and uh, Dr. Dreon can continue to go by Dr. Dre out there in Pennsylvania uh, as he's as he's running his gynecology practice. And I know it's out there, low hanging fruit right across the plate. Uh, I'm, I don't want to get I don't want to get that dirty for this episode, uh, but you can go ahead and figure out what kind of dirty joke we can do because there is a similarity between the two Dr. Dre's. And there's something that uh, there's something that they've both seen a lot of, and you can do with that what you will. Dr. Dre's been very famous for a very long time. Oh yeah, they've both seen a lot of something. Oh, all right, all right. Let me uh, whew. Oh man, Childish Gambino. Childish Gambino. I hope uh, I hope you had a chance to to watch the video. And if you haven't, this music video came out. Donald Glover actually hosted Saturday Night Live on Saturday. He not only hosted Saturday Night Live, but he was then also the musical guest for Saturday Night Live. Well, Childish Gambino was. So he hosted and did the music for Saturday Night Live this past Saturday. And then, of course, the next day, he released his new music video, which for a song he actually performed on, on Saturday Night Live, he released the music video for This Is America. Again, if you have not seen this, I highly, highly, highly encourage you to see it, uh, It's to watch it. It's something that has been sticking with me since I got up Sunday morning. And it's one of those things, I, you know, I'm scrolling through social media on Sunday morning, and I always see people are like, you know, you see people posting things. And I've become so jaded and just cynical about social media because, like, you know, people post weird stuff. Like, the one that killed me a couple years ago was, like, the Fox thing. What does the fox say? I don't give a shit what a fox says and stop sharing the stupid thing, you know? So I don't tend to click on those things right away unless it's like, you know, new Blink video or, new, you know, new Rancid. And then, okay, I'll click on that. And I know Childish Gambino, but I wasn't like in a hurry to see it. But then someone had shared it. Another person had shared it. Another person had shared it. And I said, okay, you know what? I'll watch a music video. Walk inside. And thankfully, my, my daughter was taking a nap because this is, you don't want to be showing this music video to your, kid, to your kids. Just don't. I mean, teenagers, yes. Uh, not young children. So I come inside and I, I put it on the television. I'm watching. I started watching it and I said, "Nope, let's let's watch it." Turn to my wife, let's watch this thing. And uh, and once it ended, we both just kind of sat there for a few minutes, and I went, "Holy crap!" 
And my wife, who actually wasn't familiar with Childish Gambino, turns to me and goes, is there anything that Donald Glover can't do? I said, nope. Nope. There isn't. Nope. So again, I highly encourage you to watch the music video. It is really, really social, overly socially relevant right now. Overly socially relevant right now. There's a couple of moments that I want to talk about in the music video that a couple of people... Uh, I've seen breakdowns and everything else, and there's a lot of stuff that I completely agree with, and I'm not going to get into all those breakdowns. I, I encourage you to look them up. Uh, really, even just, like, there's twi- there's tweets. There's, like, Twitter threads uh, that have just a complete breakdown of it. But there are a couple things throughout the music video. Now, it starts out, the music video, he starts out in, a, in playing very much a Drim, Drim, Jim Crow character. I'm not going to get into the, the background on that. Playing very much a Jim Crow character, but... The thing to understand about that is these characters that were portrayed many, many years ago, not as many as people think, but many years ago, uh, tended to be white actors in blackface. Tended to be white actors in blackface. And he's very much acting like a, like a Jim Crow minstrel at the beginning of the music video. And I'm not going to get into what, everything that happens next, but there's so much stuff happening behind him as he's going through this music video. And the important thing to take away from this is how... And I'm only using the term right-wing media, for lack of a better word, is how the right-wing conservative media tends to get on black celebrities and black athletes when they speak out about socially relevant stuff. And this really speaks to that, what he's doing in this music video, is he's trying to be that black man, that black man that everyone expects him to be, dancing and entertaining, but not, not speaking on the real issues. But the real issues are actually happening in, in the background of the music video. So he has found a way to do that, to put those issues at the forefront. So again, he starts out in this very Jim Crow pose and everything else. And as the as video progresses, there's so much stuff going on around him. Uh, the one important thing that I will point out that I wasn't originally going to is there's 17 seconds of silence at one point in the music video. 17 seconds of silence in the music video. Uh, most likely this is an homage to the, the Parkland victims the parkland shooting victims but then of course after that moment he then goes into a different part of the music video and he continues to dance the first time i watched the music video i didn't realize how how much he was imitating it but he jumps up on a car and he continues to dance and he's imitating michael jackson's dance from black or white from the music video where michael jackson was dancing on a car smashing a car window and everything else and he even finishes with michael jackson's signature pose where he's grabbing a little something you know, if you don't know what that is, you're too young because <laughs> everyone knows what the what Michael Jackson's pose is. And that got me thinking. That got me thinking. He starts out portraying a person that is white performing in blackface. And then he ends the music, not quite ends, but toward the end of the music video, the end of the dancing portrays himself as a black man who had essentially, arguably, I'm not trying to start a crazy war here, arguably, essentially changed his black face to white. And the way I see that is the evolution of African-American entertainers in this country. And that's what he's trying to convey to everyone. That's what he's trying to convey. That they took it, Michael Jackson took it to a different level. But then in the end, I, he still wasn't completely accepted despite the fact that he did so much to make himself look like a white man, still wasn't completely accepted. And I think that's why Donald Glover ends the music video while running, because he had been smoking a joint. 
And it, despite all his efforts to be the black man that the media and everyone else wanted him to be, he still had to run away from everything. One other key point I want to point out from the Childish Gambino music, This Is American Music video, uh, and I think people have had this wrong. There is a pan at one point where it shows teenage children, like te about teenager-aged children, with their smartphones out, and they're filming the chaos that's happening below them. They're like up on a landing. And they actually have their mouths, their mouths and their noses covered, but their eyes not. And a lot of journalists came out and said, you know, this is because they are faceless. They are faceless children. You know, and I, I maybe maybe that is what Gambino is trying to convey. However, I saw it a little differently. I saw it as these kids are not completely anonymous or faceless. They're voiceless. Their eyes weren't covered. They have to see the chaos that was happening in this music video. They have to see it. They're forced to see it because their eyes aren't covered. And then they're filming it. They see it. They know it. They're sharing it to social media. But. Their mouths are covered because no one wants to hear what they have to say. Because think about the conservative right-wing media and all those kids from Parkland and how really half of this country has dismissed them. I think that's what Donald Glover is talking about. Those kids have to witness this. They have to grow up right, right there in that very second. And we don't give them enough respect to listen to their voice. And we need to give them that respect. And I'm going to end it with this. Donald Glover, you are a true American hero. I can't say enough about how important that, that music video is and that song is in this time and what we're going through in this country. So thank you. Thank you, Donald Glover. Thank you, Childish Gambino, for speaking up. And this is coming from me. I can't imagine how much that means to another black person, to another African-American person that actually does deal with those things. I don't have to. I, I am fortunate that I don't deal with those things on a daily basis. I, however, at least have compassion for people that do unlike a lot of white people and orange people in this country. So thank you, Donald Glover. Thank you, Childish Gambino. And keep fighting the fight because you have plenty of fans out there that are going to support you. And Go Tell to the Wall podcast and Go Tell to the Wall empire is on your side. Let's see more of it and let's invoke some change. Speaking of change, speaking of change, ha <laughs> speaking of change, could be seeing some change in the NBA. I got a little sports news for you. Could be seeing some change in the National Basketball Association. Who knows? We might. Uh, a few years ago, three or four years ago, three years ago, three or four years ago, uh, 2014, a woman named Becky, Becky, not Becky, Becky Hammond was hired by the San Antonio Spurs to be an assistant coach. San Antonio Spurs are an NBA team and has had great success as an assistant coach with the San Antonio Spurs. Actually, head coached. Uh, the, the San Antonio Spurs in their summer league. I'm not gonna, you know, if you're not familiar with summer league, it's essentially kind of exhibition league that goes on during the summer outside of baseball, of bad baseball, basketball season. I actually took that team to a, to, to win the entirety of the summer league. Uh, now what's happening now is she's actually gotten an interview with the Milwaukee Bucks to possibly be their head coach. That's right. Head coach of a national basketball association team up there in Milwaukee. And I think this is fantastic because there's no, there's no reason that a woman can't coach an NBA team. There's no reason. None whatsoever. If she has the knowledge and she has the ability, get out there, Becky. Do you. Go coach that team. 
Well, of course, there's been some backlash. There's been some backlash. And, you know, and now bigoted sexist people have realized they can't just, well, she's a woman. She's a woman. She's a woman. You know, 30 years ago, you could do that. Well, she's a woman. She can't. And people are like, okay. She can't coach a man's sport. Okay. Now they find other excuses. So the excuse going around right now is that she's only been an assistant coach for three or four years. And most assistant coaches need to put in the time before they get a head coach interview or job. So the main thing that a lot of people are getting on right now is she hasn't put in the time. She hasn't put in the time. And I know we have we don't have a lot of sport, you know, a ton of sports fans that listen to the podcast or watch the podcast. But let me fill you in on some people. We got a guy named Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd. The year after he retired, an NBA team hired him to be their head coach. Tyron Lue, who is currently the head coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers and most likely well, I don't know about most likely. Most likely taking him to another finals appearance. Never head coached before he was hired as a head coach of the Cavaliers. Luke Walton. One, two, three. Luke Walton. All my Saints all my Saints fans got that one. Luke Walton. One, two, three. He was only a head coach, and this wasn't the one, two, three. He was only an assistant coach for three years with the Golden State Warriors before he was given a head coaching job. So, sexist assholes. We have a precedent here, and if Becky Hammond has the ability, then by all means, she should be the head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. And of course, people are going to say, well, she didn't play in the NBA. Yeah, she was one of the best WNBA players to play the game. One of the best to play the game. So, don't give me that sexist bullshit. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. All it is is sexism. <laughs> oh, boy. I've been kind of waiting for this one. We're keeping it light now. Now that we got through Childish Gambino and this is America. Let's see how much we can get through. Oh, This one I've been excited about because I've been sitting on it for like a week. Because I'm not... Oh, I didn't even really set this up well. For episode 56 of Go Tell to Wall podcast, it's been a long time. We have the return of uh, the style segment. Style segment. Man, we only have this once in a while. Not a lot. Once in a while. And we got it here. And the reason I am added the style section back in is GQ. GQ. Yeah, I don't read a lot of GQ. Nothing against GQ. I just don't read it. Ah, ah. It's not really my cup of tea. Uh, GQ put out an article. And the title of the article is How Vans Got Everyone Wearing Bands Again. Oh, okay. How Vans Got Everyone Wearing Bands Again. Uh, well, GQ, I never stopped wearing bands. So does that mean I've been stylish this whole time? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, however, GQ is stating that vans are once again popular. And for multiple reasons, because vans has really been pushing the, the street, what they call, I guess, streetwear? Streetwear? I, I don't know what that is. Uh, I just like to call them Southern California shoes. They're based in Southern California. They became popular with the Z-Boys down there in Venice. You don't know who they are? Then... If, Here's the th I'm, you know what? I'm not usually this guy. I'm not usually this guy. If you are wearing Vans right now or own a pair of Vans right now and you don't know who the Z-Boys are, you have to do one of two things. You either need to get rid of your Vans, just throw them out. Send, if they're size 12, you can send them to me. You know, private message me. I'll give you my address. Or I, don't, I can't remember. Whatever size, whatever size my wife is, size 7 or something. You can send them my way. But if you don't know who the Z-Boys are, you need to get rid of them. 
or do a little research and learn why those shoes you're wearing are so popular. That'd be because of the Z-Boys down there skating in Venice. Shout out to Stacy Peralta. <laughs> like I know the dude. Shout out to Stacy Peralta. Hey. <laughs> Where you at, Stacy? <laughs> oh, no. As if I know the guy or something. However, Vans shoes now, according to GQ, are super popular again. So it's okay to wear them out in public. I've been wearing them out in public my entire life. Uh, but thanks for the permission, GQ. Yeah, really interesting. And I guess there's a lot of articles out there uh, that have talked about how Vans are actually kind of the number one shoe brand right now. I don't know how true that is. I don't know how true that is. I will tell you, they're like an eighth of the price of some of the Nikes you see flying around out there, so I think that has a lot to do with it. Uh, but like I said, I've always been in style. I've been wearing Vans since I was a kid. Since I was a kid, I've been wearing Vans. It's just kind of part of the style. Grew up in Southern California. Just wear them, still wear them today. And this article actually got me, uh, got me a little inspired. See, I have a little problem with Vans. And I own... Uh, Quite a few of them. Quite a few of them. And in fact, I decided to finally do a little bit of a count today as I was preparing for the show. So I'm going to fill you in on this. And I want to preface this with a couple things. Um, I have shoe, I have Vans shoes that are literally not from this decade. And I also do have a couple pairs of Vans shoes that are literally not from this millennia. So keep that in mind. We're talking... 20 years worth it. And this isn't all of my shoes over 20 years. This isn't all the Vans, but these are you know, some that have kept. That's the thing I always tell people. You know, like I go through certain pairs and I replace those pairs, but then I have special pairs that get worn. Like I have pairs of shoes that I've had for 15 years that have only been worn like twice. I know. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So I finally did a count and actually gave up before I went down to my garage because I store some of my older pairs in the garage. And, uh, yeah. Little little fake drum roll. Yeah, so I gave up when I got to 73 pairs of Vans. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't even realize myself I owned that many pairs of Vans. I just didn't. I did not realize I owned that many pairs of Vans. Oh, didn't realize. All right, I'm going to save a couple things for uh, next episode because they're not really urgent. I will tease one thing. Samsung... Uh, stuff's been leaking out of Samsung, leaking, like, information has been, stuff's, like, Samsung's a dude that lives next door. Stuff's been leaking out of Samsung. No, 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 no. Uh, some information's been leaking out of Samsung that, uh, uh, you know, with their new products that are going to be coming out. And one of them is a new phone that will truly rival the iPhone. And I teased this with a little patent that Microsoft had applied for. And I think Samsung is finally getting ready, getting ready as in in the next year or so to unveil their new phone, which will be hinged, hinged phone that we've been talking about. And, and that stuff's been leaking out of Samsung. So uh, we're going to see more and more of that. Uh, there's something I was remiss on simply because I took a lot of time talking about Childish Gambino and, and Craft Beer Week. Uh, and so I'm going to end the episode with it. Uh, it is Mental Health Awareness Month. May is Mental Health Awareness Month. This is the second episode happening within the month of May. And for the first episode, episode 55, I stated that I'm going to share a personal story about mental health and mental illness and dealing with those problems. So I will end the show with that. I don't want to give a specific story, 
But I will tell you uh, from my own personal experience, when I was in my late teens and early 20s, I was dealing with debilitating, debilitating anxiety and depression. And this was all spawned by my obsessive compulsive disorder, uh, mainly, and also my obsessive anxiety disorder. And I spent a good three or four years not talking to anybody about it. Just nobody. Spent, pro well, probably two to three years uh, before I even spoke to my parents about it. And then for another two or so years, nobody else knew about it. Nobody else. My parents did, and that was it. I mean, I'm talking not girls I dated, women I dated, not other relatives, or anything else. I just didn't share it because I was embarrassed. I was absolutely embarrassed. I thought I was broken. I thought there was something wrong with me. And honestly, if I'd shared it and been open with my family sooner, with my friends sooner, I probably would have gotten help and been able to work through it a little quicker and a little easier than I actually did. And I bring this up because, like I say, there are people out there that are dealing with these issues on a daily basis. Daily basis. And keep that in mind. And if you are one of those people that's out there dealing with it on a daily basis, it's okay to talk about it. That's going to help. Don't feel like you need to go out and broadcast it to the neighborhood or anything. Talk to your family. Talk to your friends. Talk to your significant other. Don't keep it bottled up. Because when you keep it bottled up, it gets worse and worse. And then it becomes even more debilitating. Trust me, I know. I've been there. When it's just so debilitating that you can't do anything. You can't get those thoughts out of your head. You can't even get out of your bed. That happens. And May is Mental Health Awareness Month. We're going to be talking about mental illness. Uh, and I will tell you, I encourage you, Will Wheaton uh, posted a very, very honest article about his battle with mental illness and with depression. And if you are interested or you're someone that deals with that on a regular basis like I do, uh, I highly, highly encourage you to read that because it will give you some perspective and it may help you to, to be a little more open and be able to talk about it, you know? And that's why I bring this up because it's okay to talk about it. It's okay to ask for help. There's nothing wrong with you. Nothing wrong with you. In fact, I like to tell people that my, my, my mind is so much more complex than everyone's that that's why I have to deal with these extra issues that not everyone in the world has to deal with. So think about it from that perspective if you are dealing with that or if you have a friend or family or significant other that's dealing with it. Because all we can do is create awareness and remove that stigma. And once we do that, and as long as we continue to do that, things will get better for everyone. From those of us that suffer from mental illness and those of us that love people that suffer from mental illness and those of us that are simply just acquaintances with people with mental illness. That's the point we have to get to. So I'm going to leave you with that, Wall fans. I'm going to leave you with that. This was episode 56 of Go Tell Us Wall podcast. Thank you, Bridget, for joining. We didn't go quite as off the rails as I thought we would. Uh, again, get on YouTube. Childish Gambino, this is America. Check it out. If you haven't checked it out, you're just, just seriously. I mean, I, like, I don't care who you are. You, you, that music video needs to be watched. Even if you finish it and you just think it's the worst thing you've ever seen in your life, you need to see it. I don't care. Ah, uh, yes. 
And of course, I am the one and only Sean O'Rourke. This has been Go Tell It to the Wall podcast, episode 56. Don't forget to follow us, uh, like our page on uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash go tell to the wall. Also, follow us on Twitter at Tell the Wall Pod, at Magic Muppet. Uh, of course, subscribe on YouTube, watch the videos, leave some comments, do the things. Just search Go Tell to the Wall on YouTube and you'll find our channel. And if you're having trouble finding any or all of those things, head on over to SeanO'RourkeLive.com. That's right, SeanO'RourkeLive.com. If you don't know how to spell it, it's, it's just a matter of time until it, everyone in this country knows how to spell O'Rourke because of a little guy named Beto O'Rourke down there in Texas. Yeah, I like the guy to begin with. Then he's got my name. It's like perfect. Uh, but SeanWorkLive.com will take you on all of those things. Uh, so check us out there. And of course, listen, subscribe, share, tell everyone, tell your friends, do the things. I don't know, whatever the kids do these days. Get like, uh, what was I saying? I'm tired. We're off the rails. We're there. Uh, uh. But thank you all for joining. Uh, we'll be back next week. Same wall place, same wall time. And remember, wall fans, common sensors, podcast world, social media world, no matter where you go, no matter what you do, no matter why you're doing it, no matter who you're with, always, always use common sense.